Season 1, episode 6161, Pete's podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John chapter 7, verses 1 through 53. John chapter 7, verses 1 through 53. And uh, we're going to talk about here uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, one of the pilgrimage feasts. Um, and we're going to go on, and this is all in that setting of those feasts. They were pretty much back to back there, starting with the Passover and and um, going through the Feast of Trumpets and uh, the, the Pentecost and the uh, the Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths, where they built shelters commemorating the Exodus of Egypt. All right, so uh, <clears throat> in John. Uh, I mean, he jumps in, John chapter 1, you have Jesus picking out the uh, his disciples, Philip, Andrew, uh, Peter. Um, so he's, uh, John is just a different gospel. He uh, His point is, uh, but these are written, John 20, 30, 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So he's, he's picked out and highlighted stories uh, more in depth. Um, he spends uh, the last five chapters of the book of John and the last 24 hours of Christ's life. <clears throat> so he wrote what he wrote, and it's a little different than the other Gospels. The other Gospels are called summaries or synoptic Gospels. This one is a little more poetic. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. It, it deals important aspects, but it uses the Greek words for for faith or believe, pastuo, uh, believing, those words, a um, hundred times. So when John says that these are written that you might believe, that's one of a hundred times he uses uh, that Greek word or um, words like that in his uh, for faith in his uh, gospel. So, John chapter one. Um, let's see here. So, what is he going to talk about during this uh, th this time of the Feast of Tabernacles? He's going to talk about. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, he's going to talk about the healing that he did a year before on the Sabbath day because they're still upset about him at, at that. Um, uh, he's going to answer the question, can can the Christ come from Galilee? Uh, they go, wasn't he to come from Bethlehem? And I guess they don't haven't connected the dots with that. Uh, officers sent to arrest Jesus, so he's already overstayed his welcome. And uh, um, I think this is the last time he is in Galilee, at least as a living person. He goes back after the resurrection. So uh, things move quickly to the, to the crucifixion in the book of John and the end of his public ministry. And they, they, he does a lot of things up in Galilee. I mean, the whole talk about I'm the bread of life and you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood which offended a lot of people 
That was in Galilee. Now he's coming to Jerusalem to in chapter six he offended people by healing on the Sabbath and and uh, clearing out the temple um, earlier in his ministry. Anyway, all right, so uh, now they're ready to kill him and arrest him if they can, but they can't do anything to Jesus until he's he's allows he allows that to happen. He talks about rivers of water flowing out of his followers, the holy indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I guess he's jumping ahead uh, a year to Pentecost when the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inspires people like Peter to just uh, just not be afraid of anything uh, when they when they throw him in prison or anything like that. He just does keeps going back to the temple and and healing and and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And the high priests that killed Christ are very unhappy with Peter and uh, John at that point. All right, so uh, the division among the people takes place in John chapter 7, and uh, that is just some believe in Christ and some don't. And since I, I, there was a time when I didn't believe, and now 48 years ago I trusted Christ, I know what it's like to be oblivious to what Christ did on the cross for me and for the whole world. And again, the fact that, that we must repent of our dead works, Hebrews 6.1, that we're not going to work our way to heaven, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, uh, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Six times in Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 16. Galatians 2.16, it says, three times it says that salvation is of, of Christ, and three times it says it's not of works. Uh, Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. When I was shown all these verses, and I, and I understood it was a gift, and that most importantly, that I didn't have to make a bunch of promises that I knew God would know that I was lying about, and I wasn't going to keep them, and I hadn't been able to keep anything up to that point, and I knew I couldn't. So if it depended on me, I'm out. Depends on Him, free gift, offered to whosoever. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's, it's the individual's turn to respond to that. It becomes very personal. I was saying, well, I'm not going to trust Christ because there's a whole world that doesn't believe in Him. And all of a sudden I said, no, I'm going to trust Christ because He loved the whole world and died for the whole world. And I don't know what people are going to do. I know what I, I, know what I need to do. And that's put my faith in this really wonderful God with a wonderful plan of salvation. Let's make it free to whosoever believeth in Him. Now, if you say believing in Him is not free, well, you can say that, I guess. What must we do to do the works of God? I guess Christ calls it a work of God. Believe on Him who He has sent. John chapter 6, verse 28. We just covered that yesterday. All right, so, uh, and then it ends... Uh, John chapter 7 ends with everyone going back to their own house and uh, the woman caught in adultery at this very dramatic time in Jerusalem. Okay, so um, let's go back to uh, John chapter 7 verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. So we're, I think we're at, at the final 
Passover. We're at the coming up on the final time. It's that Jesus is going to leave uh, Galilee, where he grew up, and this will be his fourth and final visit. Three years have passed by, and we're we're only in John chapter seven. But um, again, he just he went to the the miracle at Canaan, Cana. He went to the woman at the well. He went to Nicodemus. He just goes to specific stories, I guess, highlight stories to, to the, the writer. And again, he was uh, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, so he was inspired to write what he wrote. But anyway, John is a unique gospel, and uh, one I really liked. I love the story of Nicodemus. I love the story of the woman at the well, of, of Peter's saying you're the Christ, the Son of God in John chapter 6. Let's see what things I love in John chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. So that means he's going to stay up in Galilee, up north, about 100 miles north of the Dead Sea, at the Sea of Galilee. And when I say 100 miles, I'm taking into effect the, the, the up and down mountains. But uh, it's a, an estimate. It's a rounded number. It's probably more than that as, as the road bends and, and you go up and down mountains. And if you go around Samaria, which a lot of Jewish people did, to get to Galilee, uh, the, uh, you would make the trip even longer. All right. Um, John... Chapter 7, verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Judea, Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him down there in by Jerusalem and below Samaria. And the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. Chapter 6, we had the feast of uh, the feast of uh, Passover, which is right before the feast of tabernacles, but but I think that was a year ago. Like a year has gone by from chapter 6 to chapter 7. But that's what makes John's gospel unique. Uh, his brethren, these are actual physical relatives of his. Whether they are, uh, you know, you call a nephew or a cousin brother. Uh, I think you can pretty much do that. Uh, it, it was a Jewish tradition to do that. Or actual physical brothers, half-brothers of, of uh, children of Mary and Joseph. Uh, I'm not going to be dogmatic either way about it. Um, his brethren therefore said unto him, although these brethren are going to try to get him killed. So John chapter 7 verse 3. Jesus' brethren therefore said unto Jesus, depart, and I'm going to kind of say the pronouns because Charles Ryrie told us to do that. Depart then, hence and go to Judea that thy disciples may see the works that thou doest. I think they're, they're trying to, they're not, it says that they hadn't believed yet in, in verse 5. So they're not believing him as the Messiah. Uh, they've watched him grow up. They, I think they've got a pretty good idea. He's very special and, in fact, that, you know, perfect without sin. He's a very good uh, person, but I don't think they've, bought into this Messiah thing yet. Uh, Depart hence and go to Judea, that thy disciples may also see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret. Come on, Jesus, go down there. 
don't hide in uh, um, Galilee just because uh, the Pharisees want you dead in Jerusalem. Go on to Jerusalem. Go to the holy days. Um, for no man doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If you know, if you're the Messiah, you should be going there and there and spreading the good word. Uh, whatever lost people like to say. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Well, he's already done that. He and his disciples turned the world upside down. He's about to be crucified. Uh, that occurred, his resurrection occurred about uh, 2,000 years ago. So uh, we mark time by his coming. So I would say uh, he did show himself to the world. But again, these are uh, relatives. I would, I would try to pretty much be dogmatic about that, whether they're actual, you know, if there could be cousins or uh, something like that. But, but physical brothers possibly, some of them, but family members, we'll put it that way. Uh, then Jesus said unto his brothers, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hate, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto the feast, I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. So if this is his last feast, then he is going to be crucified at the end. Now we're at the Feast of Trumpets, so I would, I would argue that, that I thinking about it, that, that his crucifixion is, is a year away. But anyway, uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, something to think about and uh, study. All right, uh, verse 9, chapter 7, verse 9. And when he had said these words unto his brothers, he abode still in Galilee. He told them, you guys go to Jerusalem. I'll, I'm not going there yet. And Jesus had said these words unto them. He abode still in Galilee. Verse 10. But when his brethren were gone up, now they go, down, they go south to Jerusalem from Galilee, but they go up because Jerusalem is kind of on a mountain, on a ridge of the Jordan Valley. So you, I think it's pretty much the highest terrain feature in Israel. You, you're always, from 360 degrees, you're always going up to Jerusalem. So anyway, um, on a map you would think up would be north, but these people probably didn't have too many maps, uh, but they knew up from down, and you went up to Jerusalem. Uh, but when his brothers were gone up to Jerusalem, then went Jesus also up to the feast. So he, he took off after they left. Not openly, but as it were in secret. Now Jesus was always, you know, don't talk about me. Don't say, you know, you're telling demons not to say anything or, or people he's, you know, healed, don't say anything. He didn't need any more publicity than he already had. I mean, they're still upset a year later after he had healed that guy on the Sabbath day. They're going to talk about it here at this feast. But when his brethren were gone up, then went Jesus also up to Jerusalem unto the feast, not openly, but as yet, as it were, in secret. 
Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? You know, his, his brethren have come. Uh, they're looking for Jesus. And they're mad at Jesus. <laughs> they, they want to kill Jesus. They wanted to kill him for a year uh, since he healed on that Sabbath day. And he's going to address that here in just a minute and do a very good, make a very good argument why there was, that was not a problem to heal on the Sabbath day. Verse 15. Um, uh, wait a minute. Um, how about uh, every time I, I lose my place here. Okay, verse 11. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring, which is usually not a good thing, among the people concerning him. And some said, he is a good man. Okay, so this is the controversy. that, And some believe in him and some don't. And like I've said, some of you will believe in him and some of you won't. Uh, he's a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceives the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. So... Uh, if you were on his side, you pretty much kept your mouth shut, I think is what it's saying. Now about the midst of the feast, so this is, again, this feast time takes weeks. Um, but about halfway through the feast time, Jesus went into the temple and taught. Now that's a very public thing to do. Pharisees are all going to know where he is now. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Now, I, most of us don't remember not being able to read. But the very first thing you're going to do is teach your child the letters. And my kids grew up, and, and I think most kids in our, my country, uh, in the United States, grow up with 26 letters of the alphabet with magnets on the back, plastic letters that can go on a refrigerator. And your kid plays with those and you teach them the ABCs. That's the first thing you do is learn letters. You can't read. You can't spell your name. But you can, you learn ABC. You've got little songs to memorize it. And whatever alphabet you use, Greek and uh, Russian alphabets use uh, 24 letters. But, um, but whatever alphabet you use, I think Spanish has a few more. The Inye and they have some accents and whatever. But, um, but they marveled because this man knew how to read. He knew his letters. Having never learned. I, I don't think they had public education like uh, most, I, I don't know if most of the world does now or not, but I know um, hopefully most people can read. Um, anyway, um, but he could... And most people from Galilee couldn't, I, I would say. It was a pretty safe bet. Um, the, that's why these guys were shocked that, that the Messiah could come from Galilee because that's kind of uh, way out there. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, John chapter 7, verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will the will of God that sent me, he shall know that the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Verse 18. 
He that speaketh of himself speaketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory, God's glory, that sent the Messiah, the same is true, and not and no unrighteousness is in him. He was without sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. For, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all we like sheep have gone astray. For Old Testament, New Testament, pretty much, hopefully everybody that's listening to this recognizes that they fall short of the perfection of God. And that's why they need a Savior. But Jesus couldn't be our Savior if he had sinned. To pay for so that's I think one thing you got to understand about Jesus was he was without sin but you can believe whatever you want um, remember the bar is set pretty high whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point he's guilty of all that's uh, found in James chapter 2 verse 10 whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point he's guilty of all and that James is considered one of these brothers of Jesus and it, it could be a a cousin, uh, not a son of Joseph and Mary, but the son of Alphaeus, James the Less. I talked about it uh, when we when I when we looked at the book of James. Um, did not okay, verse nineteen. Did did not Moses give you the law? Yeah, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the law. Ten Commandments are just part of that. There's a lot of other uh, guidelines there. But but really, the Ten Commandments hang on two commandments. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I would argue that my salvation, or anyone's salvation, depends on two things. Repenting of your dead work, quit trying to work your way to heaven, and trust in the Savior and what he did at the cross, not what you did in your lifetime, but what Christ did in the cross. Turn from your dead works to faith in God. That's what you have to do. You can make it one thing. Um, I think it has two, and those are Hebrews 6.1. I think they're the fundamental doctrines of the doctrine of Christ. So read Hebrews 6.1 and 2. Repent of your dead works and faith towards God. All right. Um, Verse 23, John 7, 23. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision. Okay, so he's going to address their problem. Um, which is, they're really upset with him for healing on the Sabbath. So, um, back to verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep it? Why go you about to kill me? Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep it? Keep the law? Why do you go about to kill me? The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. These are obviously the ones that don't believe in him. Who, go, who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto him, they, they, There was plenty of people that knew who they were, because they were the ones that wanted him dead. And they wanted him to dead, be dead for a year, since he healed on the Sabbath day. And said that his father works and that he's going to work. So now he's going to talk about, now he's going to give a, a pretty good argument for why he did what he did on the Sabbath day. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done 
one work, and you all marvel. Yeah, the guy was paralyzed for 38 years, and I told him to take up his bed and walk. And everybody knew that guy in Jerusalem that was always at the pools of Bethesda, and, and I healed him. And he gave me the credit. He told you that it was Jesus that did it when I found him in the temple. Okay, but, but Moses gave you, gave unto you, or I have done one work, and you all marvel. And you've been marveling for a year. Verse 22. Moses, therefore, gave you circumcision. Not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. Abraham started the circumcision thing. And he's the father of not just Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, but the father of many nations. Arabs, uh, Iraqis, people that live in, in Arabia. They are descendants of Abraham. I told you I was on an airplane one time and I, I was sitting next to a guy that I thought he'd read the New Testament. It was a small leather-bound book. And I said, do you understand what you read? And he said, it's the Koran. And I said, I got another question. Do you consider yourself a child of Abraham? And the man said, my name is Abraham. So uh, Moses Therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the ones that got the promise of the whole world, all families of the world being blessed through the seed of Abraham, passed to, to Isaac, passed to Jacob, passed to Judah. The genealogies are right there in, in Matthew. Fourteen generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the Babylonian captivity and 14 generations from the Babylonian captivity to the uh, Messiah. And they're talking to Messiah right here. His public ministry was three years, of which John concentrates on the third year mostly. Which would include two Passovers, the beginning of the year and the end of the year. I think, I'm, I'm going to say I think this is the beginning of the year. But the Father's but of the fathers. And you on the Sabbath day circumcise. And you circumcise. Moses gave it to you. And on the eighth day, so if a child was, that, that's not negotiable. The eighth day the child was circumcised. Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. It was the, it's the law of, of, come from, came down from Abraham. Muslims, or at least Arab Muslims, are circumcised. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision that the law of Moses should not be broken that you would you would circumcise on the eighth day are you angry at me so you you Pharisees and and leaders of of Israel priests can circumcise a child on the eighth day regardless of whether it's the Sabbath or not but I cannot Heal a man, make a man whole on the Sabbath day? Don't you see that's kind of uh, nuts? You can do the works of God on the Sabbath day, but I can't do the works of my Father? I think it's a pretty good argument. I think anybody that ever got in an argument with Jesus lost. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I have made a man every wit whole on the Sabbath day? Question mark. Judge not according 
to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. You know, love judgment and mercy. And healing on the Sabbath day for a guy that's been crippled for 38 years is mercy. And also showing that, that Jesus could make a, a judgment like that. Judge not according to the appearance, not the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. But judge righteous judgment. And, and again, Jesus is the judge, and uh, we don't have to be, which I'm very thankful about. Although I seem to do a lot of judging. But anyway, I guess I need to work on that. All right, uh, John chapter 7, verse 25. The, uh, and this is entitled in my Bible here, Can This Be the Christ? It's just somebody's idea of an outline. It, this is not Schofield's outline. This is the one that came with my, my software here. Okay, John 7, 25. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he, the Messiah, whom they seek? to kill? Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? If they're not trusting in Christ, they're, they're coming up with some questions about it. And again, some believed and some didn't. And I'll say it again, some of you will believe and some of you won't. Howbeit we know, verse 27, Howbeit we know this man, whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, You both, this is Jesus' answer to that. You don't, um, we know this man. Uh, I don't know how well they know him. He grew up in, in uh, Galilee. But, but anyway, uh, but, but they know of him, that's for sure. He's the guy that heals on the Sabbath day. He heals. Shouldn't that be an indication of who he is? But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. John seven twenty eight. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, You both know me, and you know from hence I am. And I... I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you know not. He's saying, you don't, you just, you're professors, but not possessors. You're, you, you talk to talk, but you don't understand what you're, what you're saying um, or who I am. But I know him that sent me, for I am, fr and every time he uses the word I am, from whence I am, and I am not come, I am. But you know him, for I am from him. But I know him, for I am of, I am from him. And he has sent me. And, they've, and they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because, okay, they want to kill him right now. I, they're going to have to get permission from the Romans to do that. But, uh, and if they were going to kill him, they would stone him. But I don't think there's any Jewish crucifixions. But, but it says right here why they weren't able to take him. Because his hour was not yet come. A lot of prophecies about Christ. A lot of things that are going to be supernaturally fulfilled about Christ. Like hanging on the cross. Read Psalm 22. Um, 
So his, he was not taken because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him. Well, there, there's, you know, did some believe? It says right there, some believe, and many of the people believed on him and said, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? So it's just like the woman at the well. You know, I've, I met a man that told me everything ever I did. And she became a believer. And then the whole Samaritan town uh, became a believer with him and, and begged him to stay. When he goes to his hometown, they try to throw him off a cliff in Nazareth. Uh, I don't know if that's recorded here in John, but it's the other Gospels got that one covered. Um, officers sent to arrest Jesus. Psalm, uh, John 7.32 The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him that, you know, this is the Christ. And, you know, hey, wait a minute. The Pharisees are going, people are believing in him. We've got to do something. We're going to lose our jobs. We're going to lose our position. Uh, people murmuring such things. In this case, the murmuring was good because they're murmuring against the Pharisees. They're murmuring that this is the Christ, but I think they're a little scared about being in trouble with the Pharisees. But anyway, concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him like they did, I think, a year from now at the Passover, which is less than a year away. Feast of Trumpets comes after the Feast of Tabernacles comes after the Passover, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it doesn't come anywhere now because they don't have a temple. But, but anyway, um, then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am, I am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. And you shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, Thither you cannot come. Okay, so he's got to he's got to be addressing two people. I think he's addressing the people that have. I don't know who he's addressing. I think he's addressing the Pharisees here. They can't come because they don't believe. In verse thirty-five, then said the Jews among themselves, the Pharisees, Whither will he go, that we shall not find him? Will he go into the disper dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? That's kind of prophetic, but that will be the Apostle Paul that does that. What manner of saying is this that he that that Jesus said, He shall seek that you shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, that you cannot come. In the last John seven thirty seven uh, rivers of living water is the outline note here. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, and this is the Feast of Tabernacles, so you have to study that. that that's the Feast of Booths, where they, they're reliving the exodus of Israel. They have candles for light, like they were led by the light at night, the pillar of fire, and uh, they have water. That, that represents the flood, um, the rivers of living water. He was talking about well, these rivers right here. He's talking about the last day, great day of the feast. He's going to say this is what the, the, the waters that, that are part of this feast represent. The, the, the rock that Moses struck, and he shouldn't have struck it, but, but he spoke to first and the water came out of it. And it, he had to, it had to, three million people had to drink 
coming out of Egypt, out of that river of water. And they probably formed rivers gushing out across the dry desert ground for 40 years. Anyway, um, rivers of living water. So he's going back to John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. But this spake he, verse 39, but this spake he of the Spirit. He's not talking about actual water here. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive for the first time in the history, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, which is approximately a year away in my guesstimation. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, God wasn't going to indwell the believer until they were born again, pretty much, I think. And um, and he wasn't. they weren't going to live in heaven. With, they were going to live in paradise until Christ could lead them captivity captive on the third day when he ascended to the Father, leading David and Abraham and all the Old Testament saints. Adam, Eve, well, they were having quite a party down there in paradise. Others said... This is the Christ. Um, but this spake he of the Spirit, uh, back up to 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth... This is the prophet, the, the, the prophet that Moses talked about, which Jesus Christ claims is, is himself, the, the Messiah. This is the Messiah. 741, John 741. Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? So they got a problem here. Not a big problem because he was he was he was born in in Bethlehem, just outside of Jerusalem. But anyway, um, I guess they've lost track of his history, and and you can come up with any excuse you want not to trust Christ, but uh, big mistake. Verse forty two, seven forty two, John chapter seven verse forty two, hath not the Scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem? where David was, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing because he, he was born in Bethlehem. But he is the Messiah. But they're just going to come up with any reason. I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody like that, but they're going to come up with any reason not to trust Christ. They're just not going to believe you. They're not going to repent of their dead works. I'm going to work my way there or whatever they believe. So there was a division among the people because of Jesus. The division was some believed and some didn't. And some of them should have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. The group that didn't believe wanted to turn him over to the Pharisees, but they couldn't because it wasn't his time. Then came the officers and chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? So the, the guys in charge come to the people and say, Why didn't you, we told you to bring him to us? And these are these are uh, soldiers of the high priest. The officers answered, verse 46, the officers answered, Never a man spoke like this. And the Pharisees say to the officers, 
Are you also deceived? Maybe some of them were and probably some of them weren't. Have any of of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? Any members of the Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the Pharisees of Jerusalem, believed on him? But, But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. They don't have the all the knowledge that we have. They can't even read the scriptures. Um, but um, verse uh, chapter 7, verse 50. Nicodemus saith unto him, a, me- a member of the Sanhedrin, the teacher of Israel, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of the Sanhedrin, doth our law judge any man before it hear him and knoweth what he doeth? Don't we? Uh, don't you have a right to a, a trial and a right to speak in your own defense? They answered and said unto Nicodemus, Art thou also of Galilee? Search the scriptures and look, for out of Galilee ariseth not a prophet. He comes from Bethlehem, you idiot. You know, whatever. It's just, it's a, just a shame. And again, people that are willingly ignorant, there's not a lot of hope for them. They're always going to come up with an excuse not to believe the truth. The last verse of chapter 7, verse 53, And every man went, his, went unto his own house. And that would be the end of the Feast of Tabernacles where they were living outdoors for a period of time. It's kind of a leveling, you know, rich and poor. They lived, you know, if it rained, they got wet, whatever. They lived outside. Um, But God wanted Israel out of their houses, the rich people and the poor people, whatever. The people that came on the pilgrimage at this time of the pilgrimage feasts. All right, so I'm going to say... Vaya con Dios. Let me just review what we, we what we talked about here, just real quick. Um, Jesus at the Feast of Booths, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles, one of the three uh, pilgrimage feasts. Uh, the question of can this be the Christ? Uh, even though they're still talking about the miracle that he performed on the man that was crippled for 38 years, and the people are going, is, is Christ going to do more than this guy does? Uh, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, uh, which is going to come at Pentecost in about uh, 12 months, by my reckoning. Um, division among the people. Some believed and some didn't. And it looks like in John chapter 8, we're going to start with the woman caught in adultery. And again, these are these all these stories are picked out by Paul, I mean by John, the Apostle John in the hopes that um, you will trust Christ. These are, But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. So I'm pretty sure I've got His life. I'm pretty sure that uh, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to say adios, which means to God. And I'm going to say, vaya con Dios, go with God.